This is John Halsman, and welcome to Around the World in 20 Minutes, the flagship of our newspaper, when we try to make sense of the beguiling new world we find ourselves in. And today I'm going to do the oddest thing. I am going to laud Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi, who in many ways, and I knew her a little bit in Washington. She's been around that long since my glory days there in the late 1990s, early aughts. Um, I disagree with every single domestic view that she has. But as she nears her retirement, one assumes after the shellacking the Democrats receive um, in the upcoming midterms, she won't want to be the minority leader, which is no fun at all, and will finally retire. She's done something useful as her swan song, which is make clear what a principled stand to China over Taiwan is. Um, Pelosi is the highest ranking politician to visit Taiwan in the last 25 years, and she's gone there. She did it with a minimum of fuss. Uh, she didn't even announce she was going formally until she did. Um, and she's visiting Taiwan rightly if, as if it were just another ally. She's not making a big deal of it, but nor is she shying away from it. And this amounts to strategic clarity, because with the Taiwan Relations Act, we have what was a useful muddle being dangerously confused by the Biden administration. Uh, but let's look at the surface before we dig deeper. Pelosi was warned off this trip by the Pentagon, who said now was not a good time to go, um, given increasing tensions between Beijing and Washington. And the White House also made it clear that they weren't thrilled she was going, but she had the right to go, and China better not make a fuss over it, or too much of a fuss over it. Undeterred by this faint praise, Pelosi went anyway. And this is exactly right. You cannot go um, and do the bidding of a dictatorship, because let's face it, there's never going to be a good time for the U.S. to go to Taiwan. And the idea that we're letting um, our rival dictate who we can talk to, a basic part of being a congressperson, is to go on congressional delegations, CODELs as they're called, to go abroad, talk to leaders in their own setting, get a sense of the countries one is talking about, and be educated before one legislates on foreign policy. And this is a fundamental role of the Congress, and Pelosi is merely carrying this out. To give in to a bully is to go along with China's ridiculous position that Taiwan is just a renegade province. Historically, and again, I am a historian, one can never forget this, China's just making up history to suit itself. Much as the nine-dash line was laughed out of court in The Hague, China doesn't get to control seven-eighths of the South China Sea, whatever they think, nor has Taiwan effectively ever been part of China. Let me repeat, it's never been part of China. They claim it as a renegade province, but it was brutally colonized by the Japanese. This is not innately part of Chinese territory, however many Disneyland stickers it puts up and fantasies it makes true. But if we go along with them and say, let's not tread on their toes, we're giving in to the bully. And historically, this is a very bad idea. It also ruins the alliance system in the Indo-Pacific. What would our friends think in the AUKUS situation, the Anglosphere countries, Australia, the UK, and the US, over a defense pact if we don't come to the rhetorical aid of our weakest ally? What would the Indians, our new ally in the region, and a great power think if we fled from even going to China, going over China's objections to Taiwan in the first place? This would be terrible for the very alliance system, which is most likely to deter Beijing from starting a war. 
And so rather than arguing that, that Pelosi is being warlike, I would argue exactly the opposite. By reassuring our allies in Asia that we will come to their defense, this makes war less likely, not more likely. And also it is strategically clear because there's never going to be a good time in Beijing's eyes for us to visit. And in fact, I think the Pentagon's, as often as the case, as we saw last year, over the disastrous disengagement in Afghanistan, don't assume these guys get political risk right either. I would argue now is precisely the time to go to Taiwan ahead of China's 20th Party Cong Congress in October when Xi wants to be made president for life, undoing the system, the more, far more humane system put in place by Deng Xiaoping and going back to the murderous system of Chairman Mao when Chairman Mao was chairman of everything, and we saw what happened then, the Great Leap Forward, the deaths of tens of millions, and the Cultural Revolution, the deaths of millions. Uh, this is a very bad system to follow, and Xi is going to want to enshrine himself as president for life for a third term at the 20th Party Congress. Until the 20th Party Congress, I would argue Xi doesn't want much of anything to happen. He doesn't want to scare the horses further than he has. After he likely wins a third term, he will be emboldened to be more aggressive in the region, not less aggressive. So the time to go, ironically, I think the Pentagon's got it entirely back to front. The time to go is now because Xi doesn't want anything to happen ahead of his precious 20th Party con Congress in October. So now is the time for a congressional delegation to go. So on the facts of it, I think Pelosi's right and the Pentagon and Biden administration are wrong, and she's upholding an alliance system where the allies are going to look to us to stand up to Chinese bullying and not cower away from it. And her strategic clarity is correct on the risk and laudable. But worse, this exposes the confusion that lies at the heart of Biden's Taiwan policy. And this is very dangerous indeed, because by discouraging the majority, the Senate majority, the House majority leader, the Speaker of the House, pardon me, of who is a Democrat, a leading Democrat for decades, he, sh he shows the confusion within his own ranks. This isn't some opposition party situation or domestic American politics. This is a confusion within the Wilsonian movement that dominates the Democratic Party. And the confusion goes like this. Do you, do you stand up for the international order or do you bend to the wind? And we have Biden and the Pentagon bending to the wind and Pelosi standing up to the order. But this confusion is the problem. As we said in our last podcast on Monday, I think Ferguson and uh, an able, certainly an able thinker that I've crossed swords with over the years and admire, and Graham Allison, another very able foreign policy analyst, words I don't say often, but they're both two of the best in the business, but they're wrong about structural realism, which is the fundamental way to do political risk over the Sino-American Cold War. Ferguson said that China and America, China was rising, America was falling, and this was good for business, and that was the era of globalization. Allison, following the Thucydides trap, said the opposite, that this was bad for business, but agreed with Ferguson that America was falling and China was rising. I think it's very clear, as I laid out in our last podcast, that America is relatively in decline, but so is China. And China, as a peaking power, is the great danger that it's much more like the Kaiser in 1914 or Imperial Japan in the 1930s. It has to use its dominance in the region or lose it because others are quickly catching up to it and its own domestic problems will soon make it impossible for them to be expansionistic. So the next five to seven years 
or where we need to watch in the Indo-Pacific. And that plays into what we're talking about today. This leads to miscalculations, which can lead to war, as happened certainly in 1914, and you could argue to some extent in the late 1930s as America slapped an oil embargo on Japan. Now, whether Roosevelt knew that this would lead to war or not is a matter of hot historical debate, but I would argue he didn't, and as a result, was surprised at the Japanese aggression at Pearl Harbor. And because of this surprise, he, he forgot that Japan was a peaking power, and certainly World War I, the Sleepwalkers, Christopher Clark's uh, book, uh, book isn't it, by the way, as good as the title, uh, describes well that people sleptwalked into war uh, without thinking it through. And the problem is miscalculation over and over and over again in history. And Biden saying one thing about Pelosi's trip and Pelosi saying another is very bad for business because the Chinese have absolutely no idea which point of view to accept as the dominant American point of view. And in the strategic confusion with China as a peaking power, you've just made a dangerous situation an awful lot worse. And so on the surface, this confusion, this conflict between Pelosi's admirable strategic clarity over Taiwan and Biden's kind of ham-fisted confusion plays into this larger strategic argument that we were making the other day. So this is very dangerous indeed. Above all, be clear is a good rule in political risk. It's good to be right, but above all, be clear. Because if you're clear, people can navigate based upon that clarity. This lack of clarity that is preternatural in the Biden administration, where his, Biden described himself even before his decline as a human gaffe machine, this becomes dangerous. And that's exactly where we're heading. But beyond the specifics of this, you have Biden being confused about the broader issue. The Taiwan Relations Act of the late 1970s was an effort at ambiguity, and the ambiguity was, was purposeful. The Chinese think that Taiwan is a renegade province and they have ownership and sovereignty over it. The United States fundamentally and the West and the Indo-Pacific allies do not think this again for the historical reason that Taiwan has never, ever, ever for one day been under the power of the Chinese Communist Party. And so this fundamental disagreement had to be papered over in the latter stages of the Cold War, hence the Taiwan Relations Act, which said there is only one China. Now, the U.S. was dimly hoping then that eventually, again, it's the Barrington Moore thesis we've talked about, that Beijing would become more like Taipei, that over time, in effect, Taiwan would annex China, that we would have a more pluralistic, if not democratic system, a more status quo power, and that the two could do more and more business together as the rough edges of the Chinese Communist Party were rubbed off with prosperity, that every man, as Emerson said, is a conservative after dinner. Of course, this didn't happen, but that was the hope at the time from the United States' point of view. Um, the Chinese Communists, on the other hand, were in no position to fight a war with the United States in the late 1970s, but wanted it made clear that they believed in one China and wanted America on record saying they too believed in one China. So everyone said we believe in one China without stating what this was. And this was very useful vagueness for a very long time. And then the second bit of vagueness was that the United States did not specifically say whether it would go to war if China, if Beijing invaded Taipei, if China, the mainland invaded Taiwan. They didn't say what they would do. They did say under the Taiwan Relations Act that they would give the Taiwanese all the weapons necessary to ward off an invasion. But again, this, this doesn't make logical sense. The Taiwanese army has been, like much of Europe, 
underpay, uh, underpaying their military and living off the peace dividend while counting on the United States to come to its rescue. It's now just waking up to this folly at, in much the matter of the Germans and is beginning to arm itself, but from a very low base. So the theory was we, the United States, if China were to invade, may or may not get involved in the invasion, but would give the Taiwanese government all the weapons necessary to thwart such an invasion, even though that this makes absolutely no logical sense at all. And this convenient fiction worked very well for a couple generations until now. And now there's an awful lot of talk about it's time to do away with this. And there's a real argument in the realist camp. And I admit I'm agnostic. I have yet to reach a firm opinion on this, though I'm tending toward the clarity point of view, um, because I think that we would defend Taiwan, and so we ought to be clear about it. So if a gun were held to my head, and as you know, I never shy away from saying what I think and making a clear decision. That's my job, not to be an octopus like so many analysts on the one hand, on the other hand, on the other hand, on the other hand. But to be clear, I do see both arguments in the realist camp here that ambiguity has its uses. But I think that I would come down with a new position that we need to clarify that we would indeed fight for Taiwan. But I do see the merits of both views. Uh, the argument is that this ambiguity doesn't work anymore, that, that, that we live in a simply a very different time, that China has grown exponentially since the late 1970s with the advent of the successful leadership of Deng Xiaoping and the explosion of the Chinese economy. And as a result of this, now with an invasion very much possible where it wasn't before, and we could indulge in these convenient fictions, now with an invasion possible, the United States has to be crystal clear so there is no miscalculation at all that it would come to the defense of Taiwan. And I think that's the better argument, though I do see the grounds for ambiguity still. I think I would side with the new argument. And realists are having a hard time working their way through this position, and Wilsonians are as well. And you see Joe Biden as ever doing whatever the last person he said, like a bad Habsburg king. Joe Biden seems to repeat whatever the last person in the room said to him, which is one of the many reasons he's no longer fit to be president, in my view. And the reason for this is that Biden has rhetorically held every position, which is incredibly dangerous. He doesn't get the merits of the clarity of changing the position, but merely confuses everyone, including the leadership in Beijing, which is already a peaking power. This is adding a match to the nitroglycerin. This is adding fuel to the fire. Twice, Biden has said, the United explicitly during press during his rarely held press conferences, and one can see why they're rarely held. Biden has said, "Well, we're going to you know the new policy is if China invades Taiwan, we will come to their defense." only to have his staff walk this back and say that's not what he said, which of course is a lie. It is indeed what he said. We should call things lies when they are. It's not misspeaking. It's different. It's a different position. And said there's nothing to look at here. This is the old 1979 policy, the Taiwan Relations Act. There's nothing new here. Guys, move away when this isn't the case. And so twice Biden has said, when, point, when asked in a point-blank matter, would the United States come to the defense of Taiwan if it were invaded by China? And he said, yes. And this, of course, is a massive change from the Taiwan Relations Act days, only to have his own foreign policy bureaucracy, the blob, my, my Council on Foreign Relations colleagues, walk things back and say there's no change here. Well, now no one knows what the policy is. There's no clarity. So you don't get the benefits of the new strategic clarity of saying that you merely confuse absolutely everyone in the room, including, crucially, the Chinese leadership. 
who may very well get this wrong. They certainly have no idea what the policy is. I have no idea what the policy is. I don't think the Biden administration knows what the policy is. And that is a huge mistake. This is not confusion. It's dangerous confusion because you put this together with China being a peaking power and you have the ingredients for a huge political risk. Clarity above all. Ideally, I would rather, and I will be clear here, I, ideally, I think we should make it clear we will defend Taiwan. If that is not the policy, my second best option is we make it clear the policy remains that of strategic ambiguity, as it's been since the late 1970s. The last and worst option is to gyrate between these two positions, confusing everyone and sowing the possibilities of a conflict occurring for no reason. The sleepwalkers of World War I the ghosts of that war coming back to haunt us. Above everything, Pelosi's clear and straightforward position has highlighted the Biden administration's dangerous confusion over Taiwan. And this must come to an end. Again, the Indo-Pacific is the most important region in the world where most of the world's future economic growth will come from and much of the world's future economic growth, but also the political risk of the world will come from. All the growth and all the political risk. And that means you have to be absolutely clear what you're doing, as Pelosi was. I'm visiting Taiwan. It's just another ally. I'm buttressing the alliance system in the Indo-Pacific because having an alliance system, paradoxically, makes war far less likely in the region. And I'm saying that I support the Taiwanese aspirations for some form of quasi-sovereignty. That's clear. This stands in marked contrast to the Biden administration trying to warn her off a trip when, frankly, the political risk would argue now is exactly the time to go and the, that he's trying to have it both ways on strategic clarity versus strategic ambiguity in the Taiwan Relations Act. And in having it both ways, as Wilsonians always seem to try to do, he ends up having nothing. By being for everything, he's for nothing. And being for nothing is very, very dangerous indeed. Thanks very much. I hope you enjoyed this Around the World in 20 Minutes. I know I did, highlighting my praise, my very strange praise for Nancy Pelosi and the danger that the confused Biden administration is foisting on the rest of us. If you enjoy this, please do subscribe and please do give the $70 a year we need to keep our local newspaper to the world going. Thanks very much and on to the next.